you know, uh, sometimes when you look for something to speak about, sometimes it's difficult because this book is so good. It is so full, you know. Um, as you know, most of you, I have been reading for a couple of years now the book, Our Utmost for His Highest. And in that, um, a lot of times it, it's a daily devotional, and uh, I will come across something, and I'm like, man, this is so good. And then I'll turn to the next page, and man, this is so good. And I wish I could do the whole book sometimes, but um, I came across this one, and uh, first of all, it's been said here already several times and prayed, but, you know, Holy Spirit, we want you to teach us. You're sent for a teacher. And Father, I want you to speak. It might be my voice, but I want it to be you for a purpose. That your word, Father, you said it will not go out void. It will not leave you and return to you void, but it will accomplish what you set it out to do. So I ask you, Father, that your word... We prayed earlier, but we'll pray again, that the eyes of our understanding be opened and that our hearts would be open to receive. And in fact, I wore my fruit of the vine socks, okay, uh, that this produced fruit in Jesus' name. Uh, tell you a little joke, and I hope this don't offend any of you who may be blonde in, in my wife's case. Uh, This will not offend her. Uh, there was two ladies driving in the car. One was a brunette, one was a blonde. And the brunette said to the blonde, she said, you know, Christmas comes Friday this year? And the blonde said, I hope it's not Friday the 13th. Uh, I said, I knew it wouldn't offend my wife, so, you know. Um, the subject this morning is going to be circumstances. Circumstances. Scripture tells us that we know that all things work together for good to those that love God. It doesn't say all things are good, but it says all things work together to the good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. The circumstances of the life of a saint are ordained of God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that your circumstances are ordained of God? In the life of a saint, there is no such thing as chance. God, not a, God is not up in heaven going, oh, well, hey, man, it just fell. Sorry, you know. That don't happen in the kingdom of God. That does not happen in heaven. He said, before, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before anything existed physically about you, 
he knew you. And if he does that, then he also said that our days, the footsteps of the righteous are of order of the Lord, and that he has scheduled our days. If he has scheduled our days, he knows everywhere you're at at every moment of the day. He knows every circumstance you're in, every single one of them. He knows them. And he is not a God of chance. He's a God of purpose. He's a God of destiny. God, by his providence, brings you into circumstances and, to, and, and circumstances that you may not understand at all. But the Spirit of God understands. Has anyone in here ever said, God, I don't understand this. I don't understand what is happening. But God knows. God knows it all. He knows the beginning from the end. You know, I've often thought about if we were alive in Paul's day when he was crucifying the church, how many of us would have prayed, God, kill him. Kill him, God. But God knows the beginning from the end. He knew who Paul would be. He knew what would happen. So sometimes the circumstance you're in, you don't understand it, and you wonder why. But the spirit in you knows. The spirit in you is God. God brings you into places and among people and to certain conditions to accomplish a definite purpose through the intercessory of the Spirit in you. Now, as I was reading that, I had a little different understanding of intercessory, of interceding. And I thought it was always verbal, that we always we were consciously interceding for somebody but that's not really it. While you're in a situation and a purpose and you have no really clue what's going to happen, the spirit in you who knows is interceding. He is interceding. Yeah, let me find my place here. God brings you in purpose and places to, to do a, a perfect, and the spirit in you knows. Never put yourself in front of the circumstance and say that I will be my own destiny. I will watch this closely. I will protect myself. In Acts 16, 6, 16, 16, Paul and Silas are in the city. They've been called there by God. Before this is when he had the, the dream of someone in Macedonia was calling him, come over and help us. They were going to go to, to, I believe it was Asia, and they were going to preach, and it said the Spirit withheld us and did not let us go. And while he was sleeping, he had a dream, and he saw a man saying, come and help us. So he went into the settled, several cities, and he was preaching in this city, and there was this lady there that had a spirit of divination. She was a fortune teller, soothsayer, possessed by a demon. And she followed them around for several days, and she said, these men are of the most high God. Listen to them. They're telling you the ways of salvation. Sounds like a good thing. 
I looked up the word div uh, div divination, and one of the meanings is snake, hissing. So even though she was saying it, her spirit was a deception. And after many days, Paul got tired of it. And it said he spoke to that spirit, and he commanded it to come out of her, and it did. Glory to God, this woman just got set free. She just got delivered from a demon and set free. Praise God. But what circumstance did it bring about? Her master no longer made money off of her because she no longer could tell fortunes. So he and some of the others brought her before the rulers, brought, her be brought them before the magistrate, and they tore their clothes off of them, and it says, after they had laid many stripes upon us, he got beaten for delivering a woman of a demon. That was a circumstance that came out of what he did. He got beaten. Does that sound like a good thing? Is that one of those things that you say, God, what on earth is going on? Why? God still wasn't done. God wasn't done. It said they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was given a charge to keep them, so therefore he threw them into the inner prison and put their feet in stocks. So after delivering this woman from a demon, they're beaten. Now, I know you guys know this story. They were beaten. They were put in stocks. What did they do? How did they handle their circumstance? How did they handle their circumstance? How do we handle our circumstance? Do you believe that there's no such thing as chance in the child of a God's life? Do you believe that God orchestrates your days? He said, before you were ever born, I already set your days. I scheduled them. He said, the footsteps of the righteous are order of the Lord. So Paul's footsteps got him beaten and thrown into prison and locked in chains. How did he handle his circumstance? It said they began to sing and to praise God. And listen to this. And it said, and the prisoners heard them. And the prisoners heard them. What was their purpose of being in prison? What was their purpose of being beaten? Now, there's not very many people sitting here that's going to go through that. No, we get a little upset if somebody looks at us wrong or says something to us that we don't like. The day goes a little bad. Do we sing praises to God so people can hear us? The prisoners heard them. And what happened? So there was a great earthquake. Now, you know, I'm assuming that most of the people in prison were bad people. Now, Paul and Silas weren't, so there are probably some more, might have been some more there that 
were God-fearing folks, just like Paul and Silas, but the majority of them probably were not. Did that matter to God? What was his purpose? It was so they could hear. said, and they heard. And do you know what happened? God shook that place, and every door opened. And what amazes me, and I've said this before, you might understand the, the building being jarred and the door coming open. But they had locks on them, chains with locks. And the chains, the locks opened up. It said, and all their bonds fell off. Circumstance. What is the purpose of your circumstance? Is it about you? Is it really for you? Are we not already saved? Are we not already redeemed? Maybe our circumstances about the people around us. Every one of their bonds fell off. Every door was opened. And this next thing, I was reading it last night, and it's the first time I've caught it. And the jailer was awakened from his sleep. The jailer was awakened from his sleep. Talking about prophesying to the dry bones. Prophesying to those. Maybe us listening to the Father in our condition is so the Holy Spirit in us can awaken somebody from their sleep. Awaken them from their sleep so that they can hear. You know, intercession isn't, like I said, isn't necessarily always you speaking something with your mouth or praying something with your mouth. It says that the Holy Spirit prays. He makes intercession for people in us. He puts us into circumstances and places that through him, he intercedes for other people because he is in us and because people are around us, because those prisoners happen to be so blessed that Paul and Silas got to be put into prison with them and they got to experience the presence of God. Our circumstances have purpose. They're designed by God, every one of them, even though it may not look good, it may not feel good, it may not make you very happy, but God has a purpose in it, and it's about others. All of your circumstances are in the hands of God. Therefore, you don't ever have to uh, think that they're unusual or unique. You're part of intercessory. Uh, let me find my place here. Prayer is not to agonize over uh, how to intercede, but to use the everyday circumstances around you so that around you by your by his providence your purpose is to allow him to intercede and to bring people before his throne and to allow the spirit in you the opportunity to do intercede under to intercede on their behalf and in this way 
God is going to touch the whole world through his saints. How's he going to touch the world? Through us, through you. You remember the scripture that says, these men who have turned the whole world upside down has now come here. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You know, I quoted Ephesians 3.19. It says, uh, you know, that you would comprehend with all the saints, know the height, the depth, the blood of God, and that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. That you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Well, you know, when you have the Holy Spirit, you're filled with all the fullness of God. He is God. He knows everything. He understands everything. And with him, we are filled with all the fullness of God for a purpose, that we would show forth God's purpose to those. You know, uh, it says down here that uh, your intercession can never be my intercession, and my intercession can never be yours. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. Without this intercession, the lives of others would be left in poverty and ruin. And I read that and I thought, poverty and ruin? In us are the very issues of life. It doesn't necessarily mean these people are going to be poorer financially, but without God, without God, they're in poverty. Without God, they don't have life. Without God, they don't know the richness of our Lord. They are in poverty and ruin and ruin. Ruin, part of that, fine for now. Part of that is uh, physical destruction, dis, uh, degeneration, or coming apart, having, having no purpose of life, totally destroyed without purpose. And, you know, uh, we all know that without Jesus Christ, there is no entering into the kingdom of God. There is no salvation without Jesus Christ. So without him, they're living in destruction. They will spend eternity in a place called hell, totally destroyed without us. If we allow the circumstances that we're in to dictate to us instead of the Spirit of God, one day I was, uh, I was getting ready for church one Sunday morning. My sister Ina called me, and her daughter at that time were having seizures, and they didn't know what they were. They later found out it was lupus. And she was having a seizure, and my sister, they had taken her to the hospital about midnight. She's a grown woman at the time. And uh, Ina called me and said, are you going to church? And I said, yes. She said, would you ask them to pray for Debbie? And I was in church, and we were in the middle of worship, and, and I'm thinking about this, about going to pray. And the Lord said, are you going to let this circumstance dictate to you, or are you going to let me dictate to you? He said, while you're here in my presence, 
I'll fight the battle. Don't let this pull you out of my presence. So I stayed there and praised God. There was a gentleman that also knew the family, and I asked him afterwards, I said, do you want to go with me in the hospital to pray for my niece? And he said, sure. I said, but first we're going to lunch. I'm not going to let this dictate to me. We got to the hospital. She was fine setting up, and everything was good. God had already taken care of it. One time I was in a meeting up in, uh, I think it was Alabama. We were over in Alabama, and uh, we were in praise. Man, I mean, the, the glory of God. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, right now, while you are here worshiping me, I'm at home fighting for you. While you're here giving me praise and giving me glory, I'm fighting your battle for you. I war for you. And I saw Jesus. There was a balcony, and I saw like a runway, and Jesus was coming down off the runway with a horse dressed as a soldier for battle. And he said, I'm warring for you while you praise me. Don't let your circumstance distract you. Don't let it keep you. And you know, sometimes you do not see the purpose of your, most times you don't see the purpose of the circumstance. You really don't. You know, after this happened to Paul and Silas, and it said the guard was awakened out of his sleep and fearing he saw the the doors were gates were all open, the doors, and he feared the prisoners had all fled, so he got a sword to kill himself because he was charged to keep these men. And Paul said, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. We're all here. Nobody left. We're all here. And he said he asked for a light, and he ran in, trembling. Now, this is the same man that put them in stocks in the inner prison and locked their feet. He ran in trembling and fell down and said, Sirs, what do I have to do to be saved? What do I have to do to be saved? The circumstance did not look good for Paul and Silas. It probably didn't feel good on their backs. They were probably still hurting, stinging. But all of the prisoners heard, and the guard came in, fell down at their feet, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And said they spoke to him the words and said, only believe in Jesus Christ. And this is what amazes me, among other things. He said, you and your house shall be saved. And in that passage of Scripture, about four verses, he says at least four times, you and your house, you and your house, you and your house. We carry more weight than we think. People's lives depend on us, their eternal life. And you know what? You don't always have to, in fact, <laughs> most of the time, you don't have to tell them about what kind of old rotten sinner they are and that they're going to hell. You just show them the love of God, because after all, it said while we were yet all sinners, 
God died for us. You know, I like to say we were enemies of the cross. You don't think you were, but without Jesus Christ, you were. And while we were in that condition, you know, we were in prayer today and we were talking about the goodness of God. He said, come taste and see that he is good and he's extravagant. He didn't just send somebody. He sent his son. He sent the best. In fact, the Bible says we're saved to the utmost. It wasn't just a little bitty, no, uh-uh. We're saved to the utmost. God gave his very best. While we were sinners, while we did not believe, while we did not like him, he sent his son. And now he gives us the opportunity to show that love. Like I said, you know, he, God didn't, I don't tell us in the Bible nothing about these prisoners, and, and he didn't ask them to see if they were saved. He just opened the doors and set them free. I had an opportunity uh, last Monday. I was on my way to work, as usual, you know, 9.30, 10 o'clock. Uh, and I had just gone to the post office, picked up a check, and I'm on my way to the bank, and I get a phone call. And it was a nephew of mine who lives in Macon who works for a company, and they have these scales that have to be certified, and they bring them down here to get them done. So he, he calls and said, where are you at? I said, well, I'm taking care of some business. He said, well, I'm sitting in your office. Are you coming to work today? And uh, now he's already done left Macon, you know. He's already here. And uh, I said, yeah. I said, I'm, i got to do a couple of things, and I'm going to have breakfast. You want to have breakfast? No, we've already had breakfast. I said, well, I'll grab a sandwich, and then I'll meet you. So I take care of my business. I go into Hardy's. And there's a gentleman sitting outside. It's a little chilly. I was wondering, why is he sitting out here eating his breakfast? Because you can see his little plastic tray. And uh, a black gentleman, okay, I go in. I get my sandwich. Now, I'm, I got to get to shop to meet with my nephew, okay? So I come out, and I go to get my truck, and this gentleman begins to talk to me. And I, I stopped, and I went over, and I said, yes, sir. He said, he tells me this story. He needs an electric heater. He's living at home. He don't have any heat in the house. And uh, so in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'd like to take him to Walmart and buy him a heater, but I ain't got time. I got to go meet with my nephew. I'll just give him some money. And then I thought, well, but I don't know, you know. And when I'm, all this is going on in my mind, he says, uh, do you know Mr. Stone at Western Auto? I said, yeah, I do. He said, well, he has electric heaters, and he knows me. I've done work for him. And I said, I'll tell you what. You go to Western Auto, I'll go to my shop, I'll call him, and I'll pay for it with my credit card. So he takes off. I go to the shop. I'm taking care of some business. My nephew's there with a friend of his that I've never met before. And, and so I'm calling to give this guy my number, and my nephew says, Uncle Bill, it's probably not a good thing to give somebody your, your credit card number over the phone. He said, if you want, I'll just take it up there and, and pay for it for you. I said, sure. So he jumps in the truck, him and the guy. They go up to Western Auto. This gentleman is sitting there. They buy him. They pay for the heater. They take him and his heater home and drop him off, and they come back. And my nephew comes in, and he says, thank you, Uncle Bill, for let us being a part of this. Now, circumstance. I'm on my way to work. 
I get a call out of the blue. No such thing as chance. Hmm? I go into Hardy's. Men sitting, men sitting out here. Now, I didn't ask him if he was a Christian. I didn't ask him if he knows the Lord. I didn't preach to him. I just paid for the man's heater. My nephews delivered it. Now, what did it speak to my nephew? What did it speak to this man? What did it speak to Mr. Stone? What did it speak to the fellow that was with my nephew that don't even know me? I don't know. I don't know the outcome of this. Only God knows the outcome of this. He puts you in circumstances that he and the spirit in you. Now, every time I think of this story inside of me, I say, Father, bless this man. I don't know him, but the spirit inside of me intercedes for him. Your circumstance. God uses it in your everyday affairs with ordinary people. God is conducting heavenly business. The spirit in you that gets to intercede and bring people before the throne of God. Hopefully, because even though I did not preach to this man, but God's word will never return void. It will accomplish the thing he set it out to do. God is so great, so loving, so wise, that he will go to depths, great depths, to reach somebody. I'm going to close with this. My beautiful wife, as you know, she had surgery about 10 years ago. She had a colon cancer. Could God heal it? Sure he could. He chose to do it another way. He chose to use doctors. The moment it was removed, my nephew, who was assisting the doctor, said, Aunt Carol, the minute we removed that cancer, we saw your colon begin to heal. What did it speak to him? We don't even know. Today he's still, as far as we know, rebellious. But he saw, he saw miracle. He saw it. My wife went through several surgeries. She's a strong, strong woman. I'd still be crying 10 years later, you know. She went through three major surgeries. And every time while she was in that hospital, she prayed for people. She talked to them. She told them about the goodness of God. Good God chose another way to do what he did? Yes, he could have. But he chose that one. And we don't even know the seed and what it's going to produce. Really and truthfully, sometimes if we knew it might cause us to be a little puffed up. might cause us to think, oh, look at me. Look at who I am. Look at what I did. You know, Paul and Silas, when they set out that day, they had no clue what was going to happen. They had no clue the circumstance that was about to unfold. But they delivered a woman. The jailers heard them. A man and his family got saved. Who knows what God has in store for you today? 
in an ordinary circumstance. Circumstances are ordained of God. They are not happenstance. I do not believe that for a minute, that they're, circum that they're just happenstance. They're ordained, he said, your footsteps are ordered of the Lord. Your footsteps are ordered of God. Your footsteps, your daily life, everywhere you go, they're ordered. You go into Walmart to pick something up, and you run into somebody, and you pray for them. You know, Langston, we used to conduct a thing here they called treasure hunt. Every day is a treasure hunt. Every day is a treasure hunt. Every day. If you will let him, you will speak. I don't care if it's at Burger King, the young lady behind the counter that's serving your food, and you ask her how she doing that day, and I've had them, well, I said, no, no, you're better than that, sweetheart. No, you're better than that. You're blessed of God. And you'll, sometimes you'll see the expression change on their face. You know, simple things like one time I was in a, in a, in a store, and, and I bought my wife some roses, and this checkout lady said, nobody's ever bought me flowers, and I took one out and gave it to her. Things like that. Little things that changes people. Who knows what effect that little rose had? My wife didn't mind 11. I told her what happened to it. You know? Look for the circumstance to be a blessing to somebody, even if it don't feel good. In fact, most of the time, especially, the Bible says to whom much is required, to much is given, much is required. Now, how many times have you prayed that you would like to have that circumstance, that, that, situ, uh, that mir miraculous thing that happened in Paul and Silas's life, that the prison was shaken? Well, do you want to get beaten and thrown in prison? Are you willing to do that to see it? Too much is given, much is required. Now, you, you know, you may not be required to do that. But when God gives us revelation and gives us understanding, he does it for purpose that we can affect the world. That we can affect the world around us. And seriously, it don't have to be something like that. It can be as simple as buying a heater for a man or giving a lady a rose. Or smiling at somebody. Tell them they're blessed of God. You know what is such a blessing is going into those places and finding those ladies behind the counter already having a smile. You go in there and they're just, I mean, they're, they're serving McDonald's hamburgers and they got a smile on their face. And you almost have to say, I bet you know Jesus. You know? Well, guys, I hope, trust God, that something out of this spoke to you. You know, I, I was saying this morning in our prayer room that I, I've never read the scripture, and it might have been a different translation, but a minister was preaching years ago at, on TBN up in Hendersonville when they were having a revival up there for about a year and a half, whatever it was. And it's, he said in the word, you men filled with the Holy Ghost, why do you walk around as mere men? Why do you walk around as mere men when you're full of the spirit of the living God? 
The third person of the Godhead lives inside of you. God himself lives in you, and you walk around as mere men. Father, we just thank you, sir, that you watch over this word. We thank you, Father God, that this word goes down to our heart. And you, sir, individually, I don't have their uh, place in this earth and in this body. You've designed each one of us individually and as a body, but you speak to us individually. So, Father, I ask you individually, as these have heard, that you, sir, bring revelation to them in their own individual circumstance, Father God, that you would accomplish your, your purpose. We are not here just to get from Monday to Sunday. We're here, Father, to allow you to work your destiny through us for others, that the Spirit in us bring them before your throne, sir, and that they would say to us, what must I do to be saved? Thank you, Father. Amen, amen. Good word. Good, good word. I heard somebody once say, that's quote that scripture, all things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to purpose. So if it's not good, it's not over yet. Because all things work together for good. So if it's not good, it's not over yet. So in the midst of it, between now and we see it, what do we do? We praise. Yeah, I was just thinking when he said their praise unlocked the prison doors that was the key when we talked about keys i had that word about keys there's a key that unlocks is our praise is our praise in the midst of circumstances there's a key amen so right now let's just take a minute think of a circumstance in your life and let's praise him let's praise him not for it but in the midst of it we lift up our praise in the midst of that circumstance we lift up our praise to you. You are good. You are good. You are good. We lift up our praises to you in the middle of that circumstance. In the middle of that circumstance. 